Hello and welcome to The Frontline, a podcast from LV Europe in Brussels. We represent and work on behalf of over 600 LGBTI activist organisations across Europe and Central Asia, and our podcast aims to bring you to the front lines of queer activism in the regions. My name is Brian Finnegan, and in this episode we're exploring resilience and self-empowerment in the LGBTI activist movement at a time of great change in the world. Over the past 18 months, we've been deeply reminded that change can come unexpectedly and can wreak havoc. We've also seen in stark ways how our ability to deal with change is so often framed by bigger structures of inequalities, and most of us have been left with more questions than we have answers. Sitting down to explore some of those questions are Ilga Europe's Executive Director, Evelyn Paradis, and queer activist, Natia Givianshvili. Originally from Georgia, Natia has been actively engaged with local, regional and international LGBTI and feminist movements for over a decade now. And she currently resides in Sweden, where she works with the Swedish Federation for LGBTQ Rights. Evelyn and Natia began by talking about what the word change evokes on a personal level. Hi Natia, very, very good to see you today. Thank you for joining. Hi Evelyn, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really great to be here. Well, it's great to be talking uh, with you around change and the power of us. And so I'm going to dive right into it and and ask you, what comes to mind for you when when you hear the word change? What does it evoke for you? I have a complicated relationship with change, let's put it that way. (laughs) It can be a pretty anxiety-inducing word for me. Um, I think uh, on the one hand, it's connected to the realization of you know my own humanity my own mortality the fact that you know change is relentless and it will happen <laughs> regardless of you know how much we try to stop it um so of course it you know makes me sad makes me scared but uh, on the other hand it also makes me move and um avoid stagnation because if you know things are going to change why stay in the same place there's also a political way in which change as a concept uh, has been a part of my life since I was very, very little because I uh, was born and I grew up in Georgia. So in my childhood coincided with the worst of the post-Soviet economic mm. and political crisis. So I would constantly hear adults around me, my parents and others talk about you know change and how they wanted the change to happen. They wanted things to improve. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, early 2000s and I'm old enough to apply for university. And some of my lecturers are telling me that I can be, you know, the agent of change. Mm. And this is a bit of a, like, it, this is a bit the, sen- the sentiment that I came to uh, the activism with. Um, and I know that a lot of my friends and my fellow activists shared the same, same sentiment. So we wanted to be the agents of change. We wanted to, you know, build up the country together improve things, bring about positive change. I think we did it on some level, of course, but uh, sometimes it can be very hard to assess your own contribution to to positive change when many of the problems stay the same year after year. But that's uh, that's that's a little summary of what change, you know, brings uh, to my mind when I when I think about it. It's it's pretty complicated. Well, it's, I was going to say exactly, it's not a little summary, it's a very rich summary because it's in many ways connects to a lot of the things I wanted to now ask and my own reflection. I think in the last year and a half with everything and clearly, you know, pandemic, it's for me, I have to say it's been just really very powerful reminder that change is inherent to life, that, you know, life is movement, there's always transformations and there's a piece of 
when you think about it, it's neither good nor bad, but you've described it very well. You know, there's so many emotions that go with change. It's it's challenging and it's overwhelming and it's sometimes really frightening. And at the same time, it's exciting and it's fun and it can be super enriching. And I think very often it's all of this all at the same time, right? Um, but the reflection for me has been when you connected back to our work and activism, there's just been a few reflections that I'd like to throw back at you and see how you react, because I feel that very often uh, we do forget that shifts and transformation are unavoidable, and it's almost like they take us by surprise. It also feels like change is that thing we talk about for the future. It's not in the now, it's, it's the aspiration for things to get better, right? But it's never in the now, often not in the now. And then when it's in the now, we often emphasize the negative, the, the challenging, the frightening pieces. And there's a whole piece of me that wants to, to have a conversation, which the one that I, I think would be wonderful and super important to have is, is how do we deal with the big and small changes that happen in life, whatever they are, in an affirming way for all of us? I don't know what your thoughts are about all of this. A lot of what you're saying, of course, resonates with what uh, I mean. I've been thinking about for a long time. I, I don't know how much, how many answers I have, but I think it's it's the perpetual questions of our lives and work, right? But I think that yeah, in especially in the in the LGBTQI movement, we do have a particularly complicated relationship with change, and it is often you know either connected to the future when it comes to positive change because it takes so much time to change that we're working towards it typically takes so much time because we're not in the position of power and we're not in the position where we have a lot of resources and a lot of support to work with. I mean, we, of course, I, I would like to say that the positive changes that the support has grown over the years, if we look at, um, I mean, if we generalize and look at the, at the queer movements globally, I mean, there's our voices are heard a little more, we have more resources, we have more solidarity, with each other and with other groups as well. But still, you know, it's like the change that we want to achieve, you know, the improvements that we want to make to our lives and the lives of, you know, our loved ones and the communities, they, they will take a long time. So it's it's constantly some horizon that we're working towards. And then in the in the here and the now, we have grown to expect negative changes all the time because sometimes it only takes one signature, it only takes one statement to really undo years of work or really make your life so difficult that you have to put everything aside mm -hmm. and start putting out fires that you didn't start in, the, in, in mm -hmm. the first place. So I think that this is part of why we have such a difficult relationship with change as such, because sometimes the change that we want for here and now is the absence of it, you know? <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, but we, we all long for some stability. But I think that uh, what sometimes is missing from, from those conversations for me is that how this environment is contributing to us becoming very, very set in our ways and, you know, really un unflexible to, you know, new ideas sometimes, new initiatives, which is also fair a little bit because we're constantly in a position where we have to weigh our options yeah. on whether or not to act in a particular situation and demand positive change because we use you know, as tokens in political processes that we do not have any power over. So it's, it's in, in some cases, some of us may feel like, okay, you know, my assessment is not, is, is that it's not really worth it. So 
let's just at least try to maintain status quo and then some other people do not agree with it and it's a natural natural thing so and we are, we're all familiar with with those tensions so i think that maybe what i found useful i mean i'm i'm also i've also went through a long process of you know rethinking and reevaluating re and you know changing some some of the things in in how i speak and how i think and how i embrace uh, uh, new initiatives and you know things that i don't necessarily agree with but i think that we we maybe need a little more discussion on that and that could could help also deal deal with the change um in that sense yeah there's a whole exercise for ourselves right of 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 talking about the complexity I, I guess just naming the complexity of change a bit more because we don't necessarily we don't create the spaces right to do that a lot and i think with that we can probably start identifying what is more empowering and affirming and hone our muscles a little bit <laughs> on that front right um but there's another aspect I think that is very present, which is well, we we've been saying, you know, in Ilga Europe uh, that going through change is one of the most common human experiences because everyone goes through transformations <laughs> in life. However, how we are when we face new developments, when we have to meet, you know, challenges or make decisions, big or small, how we are able to navigate change, that's a path on which all of our inequalities come through very clearly. We're all unequal in so many ways in terms of how we're able to deal with the change, uh, how we're equipped, the resources we have, the positions, you've named it, the positions we have within communities, societies, you know, overall structures. In your own journey, what have you noticed about what affects us differently in dealing with life's transformations? I think a, a, a lot of what you already mentioned about, you know, the positions and the, and the resources, and I, I think this, the, the answer to this question and or reflection upon it more, more, yeah, it's more of a reflection than an answer will also build on what we touched upon uh, earlier. Um, and it is about making spaces, but, and it is about self-reflection, and I really don't want to sound like an you know, motivational speaker here. But for me, a lot of what helped me reevaluate my approach to change and my approach to activism as well, and how, mm -hmm. how we function as a community or as a movement, uh, more specifically in relation to, to the Georgian LGBTQI movement, where, where I spent so many years, uh, was based on the personal experiences. So as you know, many others, I, I went through um, a lot of changes, you know, from accepting myself as a lesbian, you know, coming out to my parents, choosing to be publicly out, um, you know, uh, taking up a, a leadership position in the organization that helped me become an activist in the first place, taking up a leadership position of power in the movement broadly because I could afford it because I was out with my parents and, you know, I had resources, et cetera. And I, you know, and I, I could find a job within the movement and sustain myself that way too. So all, all these these changes, they were of course both exciting and terrifying, but uh, they all came with their own mistakes. They all came with you know me being unprepared in some cases. Mm -hmm. But I never reflected upon this, not to the same extent as as later on, before I burned out. And that was the next batch of change in my life. So accepting that I'm burned out that I need to do something about it and that nothing's going to be the same. And this is something that I'm struggling with still, because mm -hmm. I know that I'm not 
you know, I'm not as fast as I used to be in some things. I still have anxiety. So, and this is a lifelong thing probably. So you, you know, accepting that and doing something about it was, was another thing. And that was, you know, the decision of uh, moving away from Georgia and, you know, taking a break from activism for, for a little bit, but yeah, I'm back. <laughs> so it's reflecting upon all of that and how that, how, what my role was in, in different stages of me being in the, in the movement, what my role was in contributing to positive change, but also sometimes to the toxicity in different situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was very, very, very important for me because I think that change is often conducive to conflicts in, in very tight-knit communities, tight-knit movements, especially the movements where there's constantly a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. And these conflicts can play out in a very destructive, of course, and very you know, toxic and negative manner, but sometimes they can also you know, spark debate uh, and a discussion that helps movements shift forward uh, a little, little bit. And these are the ideological tensions. These are you know, genera generational conflicts and tensions. You know, there are constantly new groups, new ways of talking about our identities, you know, new ways of uh, working towards things. And we need to acknowledge that this change is something that we have contributed to. You know, people that worked before me contributed to me coming up and saying, you know, new things, the things that probably not everybody liked. And, you know, then there's going to be a next generation. So uh, this means that we're diversifying and, and, and evolving. And I think that as long as we are able to uh, and you mentioned this as well, as long as we're able to find ways of communicating about it, I think we're going to be a little better at dealing with the change and, you know, transforming these conflicts into something, something positive. But in order to do that, I think it's also important to acknowledge the systems that we live in that mm. often, you know, make us compete with each other, uh, that often create the situations where we communicate in a, in a particular way that is not particularly constructive and you know yeah capitalism notion of productivity the fact that change for some people may may mean loss of their you know income mm -hmm. loss of their livelihood loss of their you know social status especially in very you know patriarchal homo by transphobic societies where you really depend on all of, all of those things so i think that understanding that could also help us understand why some people and how, why we ourselves as well may be sometimes reluctant to accept change and, and, and to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a reflection, uh, but I think that, yeah, making, making space, learning how to communicate uh, about these things, this, this has been the major takeaway from my own you know, self-reflection. Thank you, because I, I think in, in how you just talked and described your own journey there, you've articulated and captured so much of how how we navigate change and transformations both individually and then as a community and then and as a movement all comes together i think you've described it in a way how all of it is yeah influencing each other because i do think that you know one one thing that this incredible movement has shown is that in navigating all of the movements that happen in life at societal level and all 
personal level and community level and with all of the difficulties i think there's been so there's so much strength and solidarity and dare i say power <laughs> that comes you know from being together and you're starting to name this you've named it already but like so what what do we need to foster more and pay more attention to and and i guess elevate more you know it, it, together to make sure that we actually enable all of us to to navigate change ever better like you know to feel stronger you know in in, in how we do that or more affirmed yeah i think that realizing that we live in the systems that often work against us mm -hmm. and you know teach us behaviors that are not necessarily good for us and for our movements alongside with realizing that you know no matter ideological differences um in the end uh, if you look at the queer movements, I mean, we're each other's chosen family and we, we are all we have. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, allies outside of the communities are very important and they can also be part of our extended family. But when it comes down to it, the core is that we always, we, we have most, you know, uh, possibility, most ability, sorry, and most, you know, knowledge and mo like we're better placed to support each other and help each other out, especially in times of crisis. And I think the, like, the pandemic showed it really well, uh, how we had to be flexible and we were flexible and we took upon ourselves you know, many, many burdens that we may be, did not have before it in the same way. So I think that that along with actually making, making space for, for communication and communication that is based, uh, and here again, I will sound a little bit like a motivational speaker, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, re I'm a real believer in communication and talking mm -hmm. to people and acknowledging that both personally and professionally, we change, our opinions change. Mm -hmm. I used to have prejudices that I don't have today, and I don't have them because I, no matter how terrifying you know, it was, I was taught to by my parents but also you know by my love of languages because you learn languages through making mistakes and you have to you know you have to make a mistake and then then you will go forward and it's terrifying but you you, you make mistakes and and you know you don't try to hide them and you just try to learn and i think that if we combine the the, the these factors that i mentioned we will be able i think to we'll continue to struggle with change of course but i think that we will at least be able to stand a little more in solidarity with each other and our power will hopefully grow from that as well so yeah really making space for for mistakes and for you know talking talking about them and and yeah this can happen if we really you know choose choose ways of communicating with each other that do not allow to look aside from you know each other's humanity in a way this is why for instance i like social media is doing a lot of great things but i for instance prefer to have certain discussions face to face with people mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we you know some difficult discussions we need to have while we look at each other and mm -hmm. we're not able to just think of the other person as an avatar and so so i think that yeah these these are the things that i truly believe in and they have power and they have the you know, power to increase our power, hopefully. 
thank you very much for for sharing your journey and um, your vulnerability as well and all of your insights. Um, I have no doubt that the conversation I just had the pleasure I have having with you will uh, spark many, many questions in people's minds. So thank Definitely. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to The Frontline, Ilgi Europe's LGBTI activism podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment or share wherever you listen to your podcasts and tune in next time when we'll be travelling further on the front lines of LGBTI activism in Europe and Central Asia. Bye for now.